Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bloomberg Daybreak here for this Tuesday, the 2nd of May in London. Coming up today... HSBC hat-trick, a $2 billion buyback special dividend and a tripling of pre-tax profits. Cutting through, Morgan Stanley prepares for thousands of job losses amid a slump in deal-making. Reaching the limit, Yellen warns the US Treasury may run out of cash as soon as next month. First Republic's new management, back to school and Starmer's uni pledge. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers. I'm James Wilcock. Plus, less than intelligent, Samsung bans employees from using AI tools after staff upload sensitive data. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepker. Here are the stories that we're following today. HSBC is planning an up to $2 billion buyback after tripling its pre-tax profit in the first quarter. The London-based lender posted a profit of $12.9 billion, surging past analyst estimates by more than $4 billion. Speaking exclusively to Bloomberg, HSBC's CEO Noel Quinn says the results are proof that he has the right strategy for the bank. We said all along that we believe fastest and safest way to get increased valuation, increased profit, increased dividends is by focusing on the current strategy. And I think the Q1 results is powerful evidence of that statement. That pointed assessment from Noel Quinn comes ahead of a pivotal, pivotal AGM for the CEO with the bank's largest shareholder, Ping An, calling for a split between the lender's major regions. Now, Morgan Stanley is preparing to cut 3,000 jobs as recession fears delay a rebound in deal-making. Around 5% of the bank's global workforce will be affected. Bloomberg understands the job losses will be focused on the banking and trading divisions and they are not the only ones looking to make cuts. Here is Citigroup's CEO Jane Fraser speaking to Bloomberg. So this pent-up demand is building and building. I just don't think it's going to get released as early as we would like it to. And it's, um, it, will, it's more, it certainly feels much more like the back end of 23 for all of us than, uh, as we'd all kind of been hoping, would be early fall. I think like every, like every institution, you make some adjustments around the capacity, but we're playing the long game in investment banking. Jane Fraser's comments reflect the drop in deal-making fees across Wall Street. Citigroup's investment banking revenue slumped to $774 million in the first quarter, down 25% from a year earlier. 
The US government could run out of cash as soon as next month, according to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Since hitting the current limit of $31.4 trillion in January, the US has been using special accounting measures to stave off a possible default. Speaking to Bloomberg, Republican Senate Banking Committee member Bill Haggerty says both sides need to come to the table. We need to get to work on this rather than posturing and positioning and saying we're not going to negotiate. This is what's been you know, coming from the White House. We need to sit down and negotiate and come to terms. I think Kevin McCarthy has demonstrated his willingness to do it. He's demonstrated Republican resolve to put a bill on the table. The time now is to act. Haggerty also told Bloomberg's balance of power that any deal needs to include limits on spending. Just hours after the news of Yellen's comments broke, President Biden uh, called a meeting of top congressional leaders to discuss the debt limit standoff. A top US regulator is considering a sweeping overhaul of the country's deposit insurance mechanism. The FDIC says that advances in online banking and comparatively low coverage for business deposits were both issues that needed to be looked at. BNY Mellon CEO Robin Vince told us a sound banking sector is in everyone's best interests. It's in all of our interests to have a safe and sound trustworthy, reliable banking sector. That's important. It helps to power U.S. growth and U.S. GDP at the end of the day. It's to no one's benefit to have an unsafe sector. Robin Vince spoke to us after J.P. Morgan agreed to acquire failed lender First Republic in a government-backed takeover. It is the second biggest bank failure in U.S. history and the fourth regional lender to collapse since early March. Inflation in UK shops slowed for the first time this year despite soaring food costs. Bloomberg's Ewan Potts has the details. The British Retail Consortium says food price inflation hit a record 15.7% in the year to April. Ready meals, coffee and fresh produce are among the grocery items rising in price most steeply. More broadly, the overall measure of shop prices showed a slowing in inflation to 8.8% over the year due to heavy spring discounts on clothing and furniture. That's still barely down from a record high last month and only the second month of cooling shop price inflation since the beginning of 2022. More for the Bank of England to weigh ahead of next week's rate decision. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Okay, those are a few of our top stories then for you this morning. I want to bring you the interview that we've done with Noel Quinn of HSBC in full in just a moment, especially because he talks about SVB UK and that apparently could add to costs uh, for the bank. But he talks about many issues after a huge quarter for HSBC results. But actually, a lot of the stories on the terminal this morning, you know, away from banking, they're about the dangers and promises of artificial intelligence. It's absolutely everywhere, Stephen. Samsung has banned employees from using AI tools because apparently some staff uploaded sensitive code to the platform. Mm. So basically, they, it was an accidental leak. So they've stopped that from happening. But you also had this company in the US called Chegg, which provides like educational support services, kind of homework help. And they talked about how much chat GPT is going to affect their business, going to make it you know, much more difficult to sort of sell their services, homework services to people. And it was a massive hit to their share price. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it sort of reflects the, the business realities of what a challenge of things like uh, generative AI pose, because we, I mean, so much of us have tried it to, for fun, essentially. Yeah. We're like, oh, try this. And a lot of us testing to see whether or not it could actually replace our jobs or not. Like, for example, asking it to write scripts. But this is 
it, it, you know, these are some of the real world business mm. consequences we're seeing out of that. And that's something that actually um, our opinion columnist, Parmi Olsen, has picked up on as well, talking about, you know, it'd be great if AI could tame itself. Uh, she's been uh, digging into some of the comments by the OpenAI uh, co-founder, Jared Kaplan, yes. about how exactly OpenAI could turn uh, different, I suppose. Yeah, well, this the idea is the kind of... People are now asking the question around the moral underpinning. What what are the rights and wrongs of AI? How do you make the safest AI firm? And Parmi Olsen, you know, talks about the fact that very few companies who are trying to sell themselves now on AI leadership are actually talking about creating a kind of safe or guided structure for this massively powerful tool. Anyway, I thought it was really interesting, all of the chat and the reporting around AI that is on the Bloomberg terminal this morning. Well, let's get back to our top story around HSBC profits. They're coming in well ahead of estimates at $12.9 billion year on year in the first quarter. HSBC announcing a 10 cent quarterly dividend to be welcomed by retail investors as well as a share buyback of up to $2 billion. HSBC CEO Noel Quinn has been speaking to Bloomberg's Manus Cranny about the results, including what seems a repost to its largest shareholder, Ping An's push to split the bank. Uh, we said all along that we believed the sa- face- fastest and safest way to get increased valuation, increased profit, increased dividends is by focusing on the current strategy. And I think the Q1 results is powerful evidence of that statement. Um, as I said, the roti for the quarter was 19.3%, excluding notable items. And a headline reported profit of $12.9 billion, or if you exclude those notable items, $9.2 billion, excluding those items. Uh, we saw good broad-based growth across all regions, across all business lines. Mm-hmm. And I think the important thing as well is there was growth in the non-NII. This is not all about interest rates. This is also about tight cost discipline and growth in fee and trading income. So that was really pleasing. And our wealth balances um, were, our revenue grew by 13% in the quarter. And what was particularly pleasing was the net new invested assets into the bank in the quarter was 22 billion. And over the last 12 months, we've had 93 billion of net new invested assets into our private bank asset management and and wealth businesses uh, globally. So that was really a good outcome. So I think so you're, charging, you're, charging, you're charging on all cylinders there and the strategy obviously is paying, to, to excuse the pun, paying the dividend. I think what the market wants to know, I, I look at this and I see this as you taking, uh, really moving into an, an offence position against your decriers, Ping An and the other activist investors versus, let's say, defence. You have a 20 meetings, Noel, senior figures from the bank with Ping An. Do you believe that this move to dividend, move to buyback, will now clear some of their angst and put this issue to bed between the two of you? Well, the most important thing is that we're delivering performance, and I think these results show that, that the strategy is working. I'm really pleased that we've reinstalled the quarterly dividends. So we've announced today a quarterly dividend of $0.10 per share. That's the same level that we had pre-COVID. I'm pleased with that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we've also been able to announce a $2 billion buyback. I think the business is well positioned going forward for sustainable profits, sustainable returns, and an ability to generate a lot of capital that can be returned to shareholders via dividend and via buyback. I think that's the most important thing I'm focused on for all of our shareholders, including Ping An. The two billion buyback that we see today, is that step one of a material series of buybacks? Well, I think we were originally planning a buyback in the second half of the year, but because of the positive business performance we've evidenced in Q1, we were able to pull that forward to Q1. 
I think what I've evident, what I think we see going forward is continued sustainable profits and therefore the potential for a series of buybacks. We've always said that buybacks have a place and they have a place mm -hmm. alongside dividends to distribute excess capital. We want to retain sufficient capital to continue to grow the business. But based on what we're seeing at the moment, we think we have the potential for a series of uh, capital distributions via dividend and buyback over the coming years. You said when when we took the when we took the pre-tax and stripped out that you, you know the exceptional items that you were happy that this wasn't all interest business. But of course, we want to get your sense whether we are at peak interest uh, flow for you. The Fed will meet this week. The ECB and the Bank of England. Do you think you're at peak at net interest uh, for 2023? The guidance remains steady. I think we've had a good um, NII performance in Q1, but I think it's fair to say we've always said that 2023 will probably be the year that NII tops out because uh, through purely through rates. NII can continue to grow mm -hmm. through underlying growth in the balance sheet and economic activity. But from the rates benefit, we always said 23 will probably be the peak year from a rates benefit point of view. And I think that still holds true. As you go up the rate curve, you get the law of diminishing returns kicking in on how much of those rate benefits yep. you can hold on to versus the competitive pressure. So if the bank is cranking on gas, the strategy is working, the buyback is in place. I listened to Goldman Sachs. I come in overnight. Morgan Stanley are cutting jobs. Jane Fraser said she's ready to adjust headcount. I think your previous CFO said the only thing he worried about w w was costs and whether you went to bed happy at night with costs under control. <laughs> are you ready to take headcount out of the business again? I mean, it's a tough subject, Noel. Are, are, are you acting? Actively considering scaling back any of the areas? Are you ready to cut headcount in investment banking, Noel? Uh, Manus, we've taken a significant amount of cost out of the bank over the last three and a half years. That's what we've been very focused on in our transformation program. Our Q1 cost performance at a reported level, our costs were down around about mm -hmm. 2%. If you adjust on a sort of a constant currency on a target basis, we were up around about 2% against the target of 3%. So our costs are well controlled. This is now embedded as a day-to-day -day BAU cost discipline in the organization. And that's after three and a half years of strong focus on cost. Okay. The other thing I draw your attention to, Manus, in Q1, most of that cost growth in Q1 against target was all technology spend. It was digitization of the bank. So that's good spend, not bad spend. Okay, so that was Noel Quinn, the CEO of HSBC, speaking to Bloomberg's Manos Cranny. HSBC shares have jumped in Hong Kong trading after the first quarter results, so they're up as much as 3.5% earlier this morning. Morgan Stanley saying that HSBC's earnings are a good set of results. Okay, up next, First Republic's new management, back to school and Starmer's uni pledge. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. 
Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Paper Review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Joining us this morning, Bloomberg's James Wilcock. Good morning, James. Uh, let's start with then the major story, of course, around uh, the bank holiday weekend in the financial world. Uh, the Wall Street Journal talking about the new JP Morgan team in charge of First Republic. Good morning, Caroline. And it is it's such a major acquisition, their biggest one for JP Morgan since the 2008 financial crisis, and takes them from having 10% of US deposits to 12%, above regulatory limits. So it is just an incredible one. And now attention is turning to who will run this bank. And one fascinating thing about JP Morgan is there's not one man, but two women who are in charge of JP Morgan's massive consumer division. And that is Marianne Lake and Jennifer Peepsack. Now, the thing for Marianne Lake that you would find fascinating, Caroline, she went to University of Reading in the UK and is a UK-British dual national uh, with a degree in physics. Now, these two don't view themselves as competitors, according to this piece in the Wall Street Journal, all about where they come next. What is fascinating for them now is they need to find a way to take on this massive amount of money Mm And First Republic, which is known for these kind of uh, high interest, low principle, kind of more just the ultra wealthy in Silicon Valley. And one big challenge for JP Morgan is how to absorb all that Silicon Valley money that has been a big business area for the bank for quite some time. That is one of the reasons it's taken over First Republic. So a big challenge for these two new co-CEOs of uh, what was one of the US's largest regional banks. And that story in the Wall Street Journal this morning. Let's go to the Financial Times next. Uh, Pandemic graduates struggling with teamwork. So this is about Deloitte and PwC, Stephen, who are in the Financial Times talking about some of the challenges they're facing with the work from home generation leaving school and university. And just to give you a sense of scale, I went and looked up how many graduates are actually on these programmes. Deloitte take about 700 a year and PwC 1,900. So the size of a small company, the civil service fast stream only employs over 1,000 people. So when these two big four organisations say they are seeing massive issues with confidence in 
meetings in young people, in giving presentations, in having sort of the sort of temerity to speak up to management when something is going wrong, it is a sign of things to come in the wider employment sector. And what I find fascinating is it's a dual pronged problem. It is both seniors needing to coach down and they've started putting on training for how juniors engage with their own senior teams. Oh, okay. Very interesting. Just very briefly, Keir Starmer uh, and the free university tuition pledge. So the Times are reporting that he may be set to ditch it very soon. The, broadly, Caroline, Starmer is worried about Labour's spending commitments and it is one big glaring hole that they haven't worried back on yet. And they're taking the bet that even by aggravating the party's left, Starmer's commitment to fiscal discipline will be able to win support in kind of the centre. It's part of a wider story of where Labour are going ahead of the next general election. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.